Good morning. We are in the middle of a series on the Ten Commandments. I think we live in a world of an epidemic of people who claim to be Christians but live like they're atheists. And I know that's been talked about a little bit so far. You know, if I say that I love my wife, but I constantly put her down and am disrespectful to her and uh, just not a good husband, I'm really not loving my wife. I may say I do, but I'm not. If I say I believe in God, and yet it doesn't affect what I do on a daily basis, the Apostle James... Actually, the brother of Jesus, James, said, You show me your faith without your works, but I will show you my faith by my works. And what he was saying there is he says, It needs to affect the way you live. It's got to make a difference. You have to be different because you're a Christian than you would be without Christ, or you're not a Christian. That's just a simple truth. Now, a lot of these things in the Ten Commandments are what we might consider fundamental moral obligation, right? Don't cheat on your spouse. Don't murder someone. Don't lie and be deceitful or steal and take what isn't yours. Don't worship anyone except the one true and living God. That's fundamental moral stuff, isn't it? And plopped right in the smack dab middle of this, is honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The fifth command. Honor your father and your mother is is something that is so important to God that in the lists in the New Testament of things that God says make people worthy of death, He lists disobedient to parents. Disrespectful to your parents. That's strange, isn't it? Because I'm going to tell you, in America today, it's just not that way. Now, I was raised in a pretty strict Christian home. There's a picture of me and my parents back in the day. And I tell you what, my daddy believed in instructing his children in the ways of righteousness. And he believed that he who spares the rod spoils the child. And he taught me to be respectful to my mama. The worst thrashings I ever got in my life was when I wasn't respectful to my mama. And I had a friend, good kid, his name was Kevin. And he he ran around with me a lot. He was a year or two younger than I was, about a year younger than me, I think. And we were in 4-H together, and we did all kinds of stuff together. And as I got to know him, I got to be 16 so I could drive. And I went out to visit him at his house to pick him up. We were going somewhere. And I got out there, and his mom told him to do something. And he just told her no. And I mean, real hatefully. No, I ain't doing that. I'm going with Michael, you know, and... And I was backing up because <laughs> I knew some fists were about to fly. Somebody was about to die here. Parents did nothing. Nothing. 
And I was horrified at the disrespect that this guy showed to his mama and his daddy. You know, honor your father and your mother is something so fundamental to God that He put it in the Ten Commandments. That makes me think this isn't just a, oh, and uh, don't be mean to your parents kind of thing. It's pretty fundamental. So I want us this morning to look just a little bit at this command and kind of break it down and talk about what God wants us to do. He says, honor your father and your mother. The first thing that jumps out at me from that, and it's probably because of the social climate we live in, but a home is a father and a mother. And I'm not belittling single parent households or grandparents raising grandkids. I understand sometimes things happen. But God's plan and God's ideal is for a father and a mother to be in a home. That's God's will. Now I know that sometimes God will take a child out of its biological home and put it with someone else for a purpose that it has ultimately, or that God has ultimately for this person. We know that story out of the book of uh, Samuel. Hannah wanted a son so desperately. And she went and she prayed at the, temp- at the temple and Eli the priest thought she was drunk and tried to run her off. She said, no, I'm just praying to God for a child. And she told God, she said, if you'll just give me a child, give me a child, Father, I'll, I'll make him your servant his whole life. And God gave her that child. He was Samuel the prophet. But as soon as Samuel was old enough to be weaned, he went and lived, not with his mom and daddy, but he lived with Eli the priest. And Eli raised Samuel. God had a purpose for that. God did that for a purpose. Remember Moses. God took Moses away from his mother and father and he was raised as the grandson of Pharaoh. God had a purpose for that. And sometimes people are raised in circumstances that don't involve their biological mother and father. Sometimes those things are beyond our ability to have any influence on. And I'm not belittling that. But what I am saying is fundamentally and normally God's plan for a home is for there to be kids and a father and a mother. The next thing I want to notice about this, he says, honor your father. He mentions the father first here. Now there are other passages in Scripture that don't. But this one specifically in the Ten Commandments mentions the father first. And I believe there's instruction in that. I believe there's instruction in the fact that the Father is the appointed family leader. And in every passage of Scripture that you read about the structure of the home, God has set up that the Father is the appointed family leader. The Father is the one who will be held accountable by God for the direction of that home. Men, hope you're leading your home to be godly. If your home is not being godly, That's on you. God expects you to lead your home in a godly way. Second thing I want to notice about that is he says, honor your father and your mother. This was very odd in the world that existed at that time. The world that existed at that time is more, was more like what we call the Semitic world today or the Middle East. Women were not valued. 
women were not held up as of any value at all. What women were held up as is a servant and to bear and raise the kids of the man. So to raise the woman on the family organizational chart up here was a pretty big deal. To say that you honor your mother was a pretty big deal in this part of the world in this way. And when you look and you see that people are not honoring their parents, he says, honor your father and your mother. Honor is an important important thing in our world. You've seen it when it miss, is missing, haven't you? I've been in stores and you hear the brawling in the screen. I can remember being in a grocery store one time and I heard a kid screaming like they were butchering him up in the meat department. And I walk over that way and this kid is laying on the ground throwing a fit and screaming and hollering And mom's doing absolutely nothing about it. Just tell me what you want. That is a terrible problem. And I look at that and I go, you know what kind of problems you're raising there, Mrs. Bin Laden? (laughs) You're raising a kid that's going to be a problem to the world because he doesn't honor his father and mother. And I told Carrie when I was preparing this, it the hardest thing I've ever done just about in preaching is not to keep getting off on parenting and how to raise kids to be that way. But we're really talking about honoring and how you do that. You know, favoritism in a family is bad, isn't it? It's real bad. Just look at the Bible. It's just plain wrong. And it causes heartache and grief and destruction It's a terrible, terrible thing. Look at Joseph and the family that he was raised in and all the heartache and terror and murder and everything that was involved in that. But you know, favoritism is wrong and bad from parents to kids, but it's also wrong and bad from kids to parents. Favoritism is not right. He says, honor your father and your mother. I know families that have dad has his kids and mom has her kids. And I mean, not that they were biologically separate, but there's some kids that love dad and some kids that love mom and there's just a difference. You may have seen that and that's not good. That's not right. You don't honor your dad and not your mom. You don't honor your mom and not your dad. They are one. You see, they've become one. And God says the honor for your mom and your dad should be the same as they offer your dad and your mom. There should be no difference in the honor. Well, when we talk about honor, what are we talking about? I've got a picture of a scale up here because the idea, the the Hebrew word for honor means to be heavy or weighty. What does that mean? Be heavy or weighty towards your parents. Well, what that means is, you know, they had a scale. The way they told the value of something is how much it weighed compared to their weights. And the heavier it was, the more value it had. And what he's saying is this. You count your parents as to be extremely, extremely heavy. Not physically, but extremely weighty in your heart, in your mind, in your life. They should be of tremendous value to you. Now, we don't 
weigh value or figure value nowadays by how much something weighs normally. Either you go to the grocery store and you pay based on how many how much the apples weigh or something. But normally we count value in other ways in America. But the idea is this. Do you have some prized possession? Something that is really, really important to you? You know, at Christmas, a couple of years, well, three or four years ago, we decided to quit just buying more stuff. Because we've got so much stuff, and our kids have so much stuff, and we don't need more stuff. So we do things, because after you you got a bunch of stuff, and then you keep getting more stuff, and you go, oh, this is awesome! And two days later, you don't remember where you put it, and you never think about it again until you find it in the bottom of a drawer, because it's just stuff. My mom got me for Christmas just a little box, a wooden box with a glass front on it. And inside that wooden box was my grandfather's old pocket watch and the old razor that another grandfather used and several just old, rusty, worn-out pieces of antiquity from my family. But you know what? That box has a place of honor in my office. Because that stuff has value to me. And when someone comes into my office and wants to do something in my office, if there's danger of that getting knocked around or broken, I'm concerned about that because it has great value. That's the idea that he's talking about your parents. They have great value. And you know, if you're disrespectful to them, if you don't talk to them in a respectful, kind, gentle way, if you just treat them like they're just anyone else in the world that's irritated you today, is that treating them with great value? Is that treating them as though they have tremendous worth in your life? Now when you talk about this, there's no doubt at some point someone who sits and thinks something like this, well, do I have to honor people who are dishonorable? Because you don't know my parents. <laughs> my parents aren't even Christians. My parents don't serve... My parents may be alcoholics, or my parents may be drug addicts, or my parents may be sorry in some other way. You Surely you don't expect me to honor someone who's not honor-worthy, or not worthy of honor, Look at this. Let me put this passage back up here. Exodus 20. Honor your father and your mother unless they do not deserve to be honored. Now, obviously, that's not what it says. And you'll notice I changed the reference to Exodus 20, verse 120, because that's that's not in the Bible. There is no exception clause here. He doesn't say, honor your mother and your father unless they're rats. He doesn't say honor your mother and your father unless they're unjust to you or unless they're really mean or unless anything. What he says is honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land that the Lord your God, which the Lord your God is giving you. There's no exception clause. And to say, well, you don't know my parents. You don't know my mother. You don't know what they did or what they're still doing. No, I don't. 
But there's not an exception clause. This Your honor of them is not based on the kind of people they are. Now, we understand that in all of life, don't we? You know, if a police officer pulls you over and you were speeding and he pulls you over and he gives you a ticket, but you were only going four miles an hour over the speed limit, do you have to pay that ticket? Yeah. Well, what if the cop gets in the car and drives 30 miles an hour over the speed limit and goes home and beats his wife and kids? Do you still have to pay the ticket? Yes. Why? Because he has a badge. That's why you have to pay the ticket. You don't pay the ticket because he has some moral standard that's higher than yours. You pay the ticket because he has a badge. You honor your father and your mother, not because they have some moral character that supersedes yours, not because they never fail, not because they're never selfish. You honor your mother, your mother and your father because God said, honor your father and your mother. And I said, well, I don't know how I can do that. Because my parents have really, really messed us up. You know, they messed up our family. They messed up... So many things, and they keep doing it. Well, let me give you a couple of suggestions about honoring dishonorable parents. Number one, give grace. Scripture says this, For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. We live in a fallen, broken, sinful world. And you know that's true because you're fallen and broken, aren't you? So are your parents. Don't hold them to a standard that, that you wouldn't meet yourself. There are things about my father that I did not like growing up. Things about my father that I thought, oh, I'll never be like that. Guess what? <laughs> Jacob is going, oh, I'll never be like that now. <laughs> Don't hold you. Yet there are some people who wouldn't be satisfied if Jesus Himself was their Father. Don't hold your parents to some kind of standard that you can't meet. Give them some grace. Everyone messes up. Everyone sins. Everyone fails. Just this week, I was on a panel at our school, a school where Jacob attends, and I was on a they called it Parent University, and parents came in and we could talk to them and answer questions and all. And one of the things that I told the people is I said, you know, as a parent, one of the things they don't normally tell you is that part of being a parent is having regret for things you did to your kids or didn't do. You're going to regret stuff. Well, you think your parents don't? Yes, they regret they regret wrong things they've done to you. They regret failures they've had that show up in your life that you suffer the consequences for. So number one, if your parents have been dishonorable in some way, realize you too have been dishonorable in ways and give them grace. Number two, grant forgiveness. Scripture says, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. Dusty told me a few years ago that he'd read an article that I believe it was 60% of all family get-togethers end up in a fight. <laughs> Can you believe that? Some of you are going, yeah, I've been to a few of those. Grant 
forgiveness. Don't allow yourself to become fixated on the wrongs of your parents. They're going to do stuff that's wrong. Don't be fixated on that. If you get fixated on that, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be bitter about that, and when you're bitter and fixated on that, guess what's going to happen? You're going to become like that. It's going to show up in you because that's the way you're... Just like when you're driving, if you're all so worried when Jacob's fixing to start driver training here. I know, that should scare all of you. (laughs) One of the things you teach your kids is don't look at whatever it is you don't want to hit. (laughs) Don't stare at that sign, that sign, that sign. Because you're going to hit the sign. You look where you want to go, not where you don't want to go. Don't fixate on the failures of your parents. When you do, that's bitterness. And it becomes a lifelong deforming issue to you. Thirdly, set an example. If your parents haven't been honorable, you be honorable as a parent. You be the kind of mom or dad that's honorable toward your kids. Let me tell you this, if you do not honor your parents in the presence of your children, you are raising children who will not honor their parents. And guess who that is? You see, set an example. Give them some grace. Be forgiving. And set an example of the kind of person that you should be. Be an example to the believers. He said it's the first commandment with promise. Paul restates this command in Ephesians 6, and he says this, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Now the original quote says this, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. What's he talking about when he says that? Israel has just left Egyptian bondage. They're out in the desert, and he's fixing to give them the promised land, and he gives them the Ten Commandments. When he says, honor your father and your mother that you may dwell long in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. What's he talking about? Well, he's talking to them as a nation. When as a nation you honor your parents, your nation's going to last. Your nation's going to live. Your nation's going to continue to go on in this land that I'm giving you. But if you don't... It won't. Now Paul grabs that and he pulls that into the present for Christians and he rewords it just a little bit. His rewording there is that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. What do you think he means by that? Have you ever known anyone who seemed to be very respectful of their parents but died at a young age? Yeah. The idea here, this isn't a a dot to dot. This is more like like a proverb. The truth is, as you live your life, Jacob, you're going to live longer if you do what I advise you to do. Because I'm going to say, you know what, son, that's not real smart. Why don't you get off of the edge of the roof there and come back in here? Why would I say things like that? Well, because I have concern for his safety. I have concern for the future of his life. Your life will be better and you will live longer 
as a general principle, if you listen to the wisdom of the people who care more about you than anyone else in the world. I believe that's the idea that he's teaching here. Okay, honor determines some things. One, in your home, the Bible teaches us that if whether you honor your parents or not will determine joy or grief of your parents. Look here, Proverbs, he says this, A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the grief of his mother. The greatest thing you can do as a child to honor your parents, one of the greatest things, is to be wise. It brings joy to your parents. If you're foolish, it brings heartache and sorrow to your parents. So, one of the things that whether or not you honor your parents determines is the joy or grief that your parents have. Another thing is the blessing or suffering of the child. Look at this. The eye that mocks his father and burns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. Now, that's very graphic, isn't it? What he's saying here is this. If you're dishonoring and disrespectful to your parents, there's going to be bad consequences to that. It's going to be bad. It's not the... No one wants that. You don't want that. Your honor of your family, your honor of your mother and father will affect whether you are blessed or whether you suffer in this life. Third thing it affects is harmony and strife in the home. It says, For the son dishonors the father, daughter rises against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are those of his own household. Have you ever listened to a Dr. Phil show or a Dr. Laura or one of these counselors on TV? What are they all about? Is this... Strife and heartache and trouble and suffering and conflict in the home. That's in large part determined by the honor that the members of that home show to one another. And specifically in this context, the honor that the children show the parents. So how to honor your parents. We talked about they're valuable. That means they're of great worth. There's some specific advice given in Scripture about how you can do this, okay? Number one, Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. Number one, be obedient to your parents. Kids that are still at home, be obedient to your parents. When this happens, Jesus is 12 years old, almost a teenager, and He's there left in Jerusalem and He's at the temple. Can't you imagine the scenario? Mom shows up, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but Mom shows up and she says, Jesus, what are you doing? We've been looking all over for you. Now here, He's almost teenager. Well, I'm teaching the law of God. I'm teaching God's Word to all these would-be teachers of the law themselves. You've got homework to do, boy! Come on! But mom, I'm the Savior of the world. Mom, I've got to deliver mankind from their sins. That's fine. After your math is done, you can do that. But come to the house, boy. He had all these great plans and stuff. He didn't stay in Jerusalem. He said, Mom, you knew where to find... I have to be about my father's business. 
She said, don't you do this to me again, young man. And Jesus went home and was subject to His mother. Can you imagine? You need to obey your parents. When Jesus was subject to His mom, the next passage says that He grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Kids, do what your mother and father tell you to do. You might say, well, I'm, I'm learning my independence though, and I've got to be an independent person. I've got to develop into a man. That's fine, you develop into a man, but as long as you're a part of your home, you obey your mama and your daddy. Both of them. That's what God tells you to do. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That's an apostle of God that said, it's right to obey your mother and your father. Another passage, he says this, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. You want to know what pleases God? For kids to obey their parents pleases God. That's pleasing to Him. That's what He wants. Now, I will say this, what he's talking about here is children when they're still children at home. Jesus, once He was 30 years of age and started His public ministry, another time His mother came to Him and He was teaching and she called for Him and He said, Who's my mother? And who's my brothers and sisters? He said, You're all my mothers and brothers and sisters. And He went ahead and did His work. But when you're a child at home, now you're always someone's child, But while you're still a child at home, you do what your mother and father tell you to do. Well, but sometimes they're just selfish. Well, sometimes they are. You still do what mom and dad tell you. Well, but sometimes there's no reason for me to have to do that. There may not be in your eyes. may not even be in your parents' eyes. They may just be having a bad day. You still obey your mother and your father. Secondly, be wise. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the grief of his mother. You know, as you raise children, one of the things I've learned as a dad is I don't want to control everything my kids do. I don't want to. I don't want to make sure they send thank you cards when thank you cards need sent. I don't want to make sure they do the things that... I I want them to do that stuff. I want them to be responsible enough to do those things. And as you become wise and you begin to live and show your wisdom, your parents are naturally going to give you the freedom to do those things because they will trust you to make good choices and good decisions And do those things. And it makes them glad. It makes them joyful to know that they can count on you and that they can trust you and your wisdom. Be righteous. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. Let your father and your mother be glad and let her who bore you rejoice. If you are righteous, that makes people That makes your parents very happy.
you know, I travel a lot and I go and I stay in lots of people's homes all over the United States. And most people have a wall of pictures of their kids. The wall of fame. And you walk in and it's not very long before they're saying, okay, this is my son and he's an elder in this church over here and this is my daughter and her husband and they and their kids go to church over here and this and they start telling you all about the kids and all of their joys and all of the things they're proud of. Then there are the other houses and they've got the pictures, but they just never get mentioned. Nothing's ever said about them. And if you ask about them, it's, well, this is our son. Uh, we don't see him very often. He's on his fourth marriage and, you know, they have a lot of issues and problems. And, and, uh, and the, yeah, this is our daughter and she's joined some cult or, you know, when there is unrighteousness, it hurts the parents. But when you as a child are righteous, that honors your parents. That honors them. It gives them joy unimaginable and allows them to rejoice when they know that you are being wise and making righteous, godly choices and decisions. Another one, be respectful. Let every one of you, or every one of you, shall revere his mother and his father. Leviticus 19. Revere. That's almost, that's like reference, huh? That's like, wow. Treat them with honor and respect. My wife was very, uh, very big when we got married about, she said, our kids are going to say yes ma'am and no ma'am and yes sir and no sir. And I'm going, why does that matter? But I said, okay. Nothing wrong with it, so we'll teach our kids. Now, when I talk to a young person, I say, hey, uh, please close that door when you go out. Yeah. Hi, how are you today? Yeah, fine. When I see a young person, how are you today? Oh, I'm fine, sir. How are you? Man, it's a world of difference in the honor and respect that a child shows. Children, be honoring and respectful. Be respectful to your parents. And that includes acts of kindness. Your mama is not your servant. She's your mama. She doesn't exist just to do your laundry and cook your food and clean your house. She's your mother. Honor her. Treat her with kindness. Do kind things for her. Don't plop down in her chair and turn on your favorite TV show and never give a thought to what mom's doing. Get up and get in the kitchen and clean the dishes for her without her having to tell you, hey, go clean the dishes. Honor and respect. Treat them with reverence. You see? It also includes refraining from acts that diminish or embarrass them publicly. When my kids were little, everywhere we went, when we pulled up in the driveway or in the parking lot at a church that I had taken them with me to, we would always have the talk. You know why? Because I didn't want them doing something that was going to embarrass me. 
Now, if your kids mess up, that's your problem. But I didn't want my kids doing something to embarrass me. Kids, young people, think about the fact that the things you do directly influence the, the reputation of your parents. Think about how you look at people whose kids are bad kids. You go, man, there are some fine folks. You know what you do is you look at them and even if you like them, you're probably going to go, you know, there was some stuff wrong in that home. (laughs) I don't know what it was, but there was some stuff wrong. Do things that will bring respect and honor to your parents in a public forum and not dishonor and diminish or embarrass them. When they're old, care for them. He said to the disciple, Behold your mother, and from that hour that disciple took her to his own home. You know what that is? That's Jesus hanging on the cross. Jesus was the oldest son of his mother. Jesus bore great responsibility for her. And even though He did not allow that responsibility to stop Him from His mission of redeeming the world, even in the midst of that, hanging on the cross, paying for the sins of all mankind, He looks down at Mom and goes, Hey, John's going to take care of you. Go home with John. And from that hour, she went home with John and He took care of her as His own mother. Jesus got on to the Pharisees one time about their traditions. And Jesus said this to them. God commanded saying, honor your father and your mother. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God, then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Now what was going on here, Jesus is really talking to them about traditions and He uses an example that they used all that was a problem with their tradition. And the tradition went like this. If you say, everything I have belongs to God, then your mom needs something and comes to you and says, son, I need something. You say, I'd help, but I don't have anything. I gave it all to God. It's not mine. Now we know in the world that we live in, preachers do that all the time. These preachers at these big mega churches that live in these $40 million mansions that the church owns, and they don't own anything. That's what these Pharisees were doing. But what I want to notice out of that is not so much the traditional problem, but that Jesus just naturally assumes in this that everyone understands that honoring your mother and father means you pay for what they need when they're old. Another place, Paul says, if you don't provide for your own, the members of your own household, you're worse than an unbeliever, worse than an infidel. Kids, you've got responsibility to take care of your mom and dad. That means financially as well as all other areas. You have a responsibility. When they wrote this, there wasn't a governmental safety net. There wasn't a, okay, mom, will you give everything you own to me and then the government will pay to put you in a nursing home and I can spend your money. That didn't exist back then. And the fundamental teaching of God is this. You have a responsibility 
for your parents. No matter what the relationship's been in the past, you're responsible for your parents. Now, Kent, I hope you won't mind me using you as an example, but Kent has worked really hard the last three or four years to build a relationship with his parents that allows him to take care of them now. His parents are older. Your dad's in his 80s, right? They're beginning to have health problems. The other son lives all the way across the country. Kent lives all the way down here. They live in Las Vegas. But you know what Kent's done? He spent his own money to make special trips out there to spend time with them, to do things for them, to build that relationship that will allow them to allow him to take care of them as they get older. Do you do that for your parents? Do you work to build that relationship so you can help them? So you can care for them, not just financially, but in in whatever way they need? That's a part of honoring your father and your mother. And your parents need... They need you to love them. They need you to care about them. I heard a guy talking just this week about his relationship with his sons. He was talking about things he was doing to build that relationship. He said, because I don't want to be the Christmas card parent. That you know, the only relationship you have basically is you get a Christmas card from them and you send a Christmas card to them. You don't want to be that. I was talking to someone else whose kids live six or eight hours away and they said... Ever since our kids moved there, we travel up to see them every month. And I said, every month? You drive all... Yes, every month. Why? Because we want to know our kids and our grandkids. They honored that relationship, you see. Part of you honoring your parents is to honor that relationship. Now, one other thing I want to mention that I don't have on, on the slideshow. Obeying your parents happens when you're little. Honoring your parents happens all your life. All your life. And it happens all your life, not just all their lives, but all of your life. You honor your mother and father even if they're dead and gone. You speak respectfully of them. You honor them. Because God, of all the people who have ever lived, God could have given you any parents, anyone, He could have given you Moses. You know, Moses had kids. He could have made Moses your dad. But He didn't. He could have made Osama bin Laden your dad. But He didn't. He made your mom and your dad your parents. God chose them to be your parents. You honor that God made that choice. Regardless of their character and their failures, You honor them. By honoring them, you are honoring God who made that choice to put you in the family that He put you in. So in summary, give grace to your parents. Don't expect them to be perfect and allow them, regardless of their failures, to be forgiven. Obey when you're young and at home. Be wise and righteous and respectful. And make it your responsibility in life to care for your mom and dad. Now, the takeaway from this, 
What I really hope is going to happen is that if you have a, a difficult or broken relationship with your parents, either or, I hope you begin today to make steps to repair that as far as possible with you. Make steps to do something to have the kind of relationship with your mom and dad that you need to have. Do that by being respectful and wise and righteous and making good choices and being kind and caring for them. And secondly, if you do have a good relationship with your parents, express gratitude to them. Reach out to them. Tell them how much you appreciate the good things they have done, the good in their life. They were Christians. They provided for you. Whatever it is that they did that you can find good in, tell them that. Let them know that you appreciate the good things that they've done for you. God has taught us all to be appreciative of one another. And that's what I want to encourage you to do. Now, if you have a spiritual need, we always offer a song of invitation if you will make that need known while we stand and sing.